So welcome to the Solways podcast. And I'm thrilled today to be speaking with Suzanne Ross, somebody I know that I have many levels of resonance with, and I'm just about to explore uh, what they are. I know that she'll, uh, she's got information. She's got, she's an intuitive channel. She's a healer. She's all of these things. I don't think Suzanne, we actually have a proper job title that explains what someone like you is or are in this day and age. Well, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? The beauty of that is we can make up these titles. Yeah, a, a client <laughs> called me a temporal alchemist. Okay. Going out on that one. <laughs> All right, bring it on. There you go. Uh, I don't think it's a time for like certifications either, you know, because I was a personal trainer and nutrition coach for 25 years. And, you know, you always had to have a certification like, oh, I've got my certification and now I've got a bigger certification and now I'm certified to do this. And, you know, I feel like in this field, forget it. Like there's no certification that explains what I do, because once I get with a client in a session, God knows what's going to come through and unfold. And so you just can't put a label on it and you can't really be trained how to do it. I feel like spirit in the universe is training you how to do it. And the more advanced you get, it's just you're awakening these innate gifts that, you know, may not even have a label or a name in this 3D reality, right? Oh, we've got to to come up with the vocabulary, the new words that do describe it. Yes. I've just been reading uh, Rise Up, Awakening Through Revelation, the 10 Days on the Ascension Path. As by way of introduction to everybody, could you um, chat about your ascension path and how you came to be doing this wonderful work? Thank you for asking. It really started, and I write about this in the first book in the Ep trilogy called Wake Up, Awakening Through Reflections, a 10-day life lessons workshop. And this is Rise Up, Awakening Through Revelation, 10 Days on the Ascension Path, the third book, Light awakening through activation is going to be a 10-day spiritual retreat Mm -hmm. so at one point on my journey as i was able to tune more and more into uh spiritual guidance i would hear these voices and one day i heard a voice say um you're going to write a 30-day book on the evolution of consciousness. <laughs> what? At the time, I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, thinking uh, I'm, an, I'm not an author. But here we are, you know, a few years later, and I've got my up trilogy. So it turned out to be three 10-day books. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom, this really started in 1995. And this is uh, the story I share in both books, really. Um about how I was working in the corporate world, very stressed out corporate executive living on the East Coast, uh, having been raised in the beaches of Southern California, working on the East Coast alone was challenging, but working in the mean-spirited politics of the corporate world was really brutal for me. And I felt very displaced. Um, I felt very misaligned with my true calling and my life really lacked meaning and purpose. And I came to a point where I just thought, you know, if this is all there is, wake up and fight brutal traffic, get to work, fight brutal politics, come home, you know, go to bed, wake up and do it over and over and over again. Like, this is not what I signed up for. I'm out of here. And um, I had many symptoms like uh, anxiety attacks, uh, physical ailments. And uh, right about this point, My parents called me the desert of Southern California and they said, come and visit us in SoCal. And I was December on the East Coast and 
I thought, wow, that's what I need is a break from it all fun in the sun. And so I did, I went to visit them and I have to tell you, Tom, my dad picked me up at the airport. And as we drove out to this desert Valley, uh, and, and it came into view, I had this overwhelming sense that I had come home. It's like this desert was saying, welcome home. And so after spending a couple weeks there with my family, having so much fun, experiencing love and laughter and joy, like I hadn't in a very long time, as the vacation came to a close, I just felt overwhelmed with this impending sense of doom that I was gonna have to return to my life in hell. And so one morning I just felt compelled to run to this mountaintop behind their home. And so I started running and as I was running, tears were flowing down my face. And I just thought if I can keep running, I can run away from my fate. But then I felt compelled to run to the top of this mountain and at the top, I just threw my arms up to the sky. I looked to the sky and said, I am miserable in the extreme, but I see no way out. And in that moment, I felt as if the air around me was giving me this warm, loving embrace. And I heard a voice resonate within me and all around me. And it said, can't you see you've come home? You will stay here and heal yourself and many others. And in that moment, I knew that was the absolute truth for me. And I felt spontaneously healed in an instant. And all of this anxiety and depression just melted away. And it was replaced by excitement and enthusiasm over my new life in the desert as a healer. And Tom, in a matter of two weeks, I completely transformed my life. I left my job and my husband on the East Coast. And I moved to the desert and I became a healer in the desert. And just like the voice said, I stayed there and healed myself and many others for many years. <laughs> that, that was sounds, my awakening. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, that sounds like a mini ascension or a maxi, a big ascension at the same time though, isn't it? Right. Well, yeah. I had a hypnotic regression later because I always wondered, was this some kind of galactic event? You know, what really happened? And I always called it a divine intervention because it felt like God was speaking to me, through me, as me. But I had this hypnotic regression. You see, I was born in Mount Shasta. And always felt that was very significant for me. And in this hypnotic regression, it was revealed that these beings from the inner earth had surfaced on this mountaintop. And they had a being between them that looked just like me. It was a man and a woman with pale skin, blue eyes, long blonde hair. And they had this woman between them and they said, you know, it's time for her to walk into you. And I said, yes. And she walked into me, turned around and looked out. And after that hypnotic regression, I said, that makes so much sense because merging with my higher self in that way spontaneously healed me and aligned me with the authentic expression of myself. Wow, that sounds like a, like a walk-in, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's uh, and I guess that's not that's the first of many of these uh, the these step changes you must have experienced in your life. Yes, that really was like an initiation, and it really set me off on a path of exploring spirituality, which had never even occurred to me before. My parents weren't religious. 
we would go out in nature on Sundays and they would say, this is how we honor God's creation. And I would think right on. Yeah, that really felt like a good fit for me was to be out in it, you know, and, and enjoying it. And so um, it's not surprising that this happened out in nature. Uh, but I stepped on a spiritual path and I call it the Hay House brand of spirituality because I dove into Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and Marianne Williamson. And, you know, they became my guides during that period of my life. Um, in 2008, there was a huge crash. Uh, the economy completely bottomed out. This town where my dream had come true and I had built my health and wellness center became a ghost town. And this town where my dreams had come into fruition basically rolled up and blew away. And as it did, I went into a deep, dark night of the soul. Yeah. On the other side of that, though, I stepped into a light which was bigger and brighter than it had ever been before. And so I tell people, you know, the dark night can be a great gift. Because for me, it catapulted me into a whole new light. Well, I guess we're also in a strange time at the moment. These podcasts have tend to have a long shelf life, but we're recording this in early 2021. Uh, we're in lockdown three, or just hopefully coming out of lockdown three in the UK. We might have to go into another lockdown. Do you think there's any significance of the timing of this message that's coming out now, these messages are coming out now, and this kind of reset, this global reset that we're going through? Well, certainly. And of course, it's all in the perspective as you move through it. But I definitely think that COVID has been a catalyst for a great awakening. I feel it's also been a catalyst for a bifurcation where those beings who are not done learning through duality and separation and suffering in the 3D experience are going to be on one timeline, uh, a 3D timeline, moving around the wheel of the yugas and back into a descension devolution tract. And that this other bifurcation are beings who are done learning in that way and who are ready to ascend into a new higher dimensional reality where unity, peace, and harmony prevail. Wow. And I believe catalyst, you know, COVID has been a great catalyst for that. Yeah. And rise up to the 10 steps, I think, uh, give you a, a kind of a manual for that, but it's, it's a, it's a big book. I mean, it's what 390 odd pages and you, you're not just giving a sort of a spiritual guide. There's quantum physics in there. There's loads of numerology, there's sacred geometry. It's just full of stuff. I mean, if you haven't ever read anything in this area, it's quite a good book to dive into because it's got everything in it. And then something I'd never come across before. I've, I've read a lot of this stuff of um, the Theosophist, you know, like Madame Blavatsky and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of Steiner, that's, that's my familiar territory. But I'd never heard of the Urantia book before I read your book. <laughs> It's a project. <laughs> it's a thousands of pages. It's well, you this distilled thing. it nicely, yeah. Thank you. And it's written on this little rice paper and little tiny writing in, in a very advanced, sophisticated language. But God bless the person who introduced me to the Urantia book, one of my teachers and spiritual guides. Because I'm telling you, Tom, I dove into that book and I was simply blown away. 
you know, it is an advanced, sophisticated language. And it's this gentleman who's channeling various extra celestial beings, right, on different topics. Um, but what is revealed is so advanced, so evolutionary, revolutionary. And it just rang true for me, every word. Every word, these extracelestial beings from advanced realms of existence were bringing through, I mean, advanced quantum physics. This is in the 1930s, and they're talking about super automatons that are just like super strings. It's string theory being revealed decades before our theoretical physicists came up with it. And also talking about this blueprint for the universe and how there is a paradise portal at the center of everything through which infinite consciousness flows into an eternal realm, which is existential and everything exists in the eternal now moment. And here stands the eternal children mentally projecting holographic fractals of themselves into time and space dimensions in order to experience thyself and to experience love. Wow. And, and the number 10, uh, you got 10 steps. There's no accident. There's 10 steps. You're not just thought of 10 things at random and thought these are making a nice book. There's a, there's a consciousness and there's a whole structure and hierarchy to the number 10, isn't there? Certainly. And it's interesting because the Urantia book calls us a decimal planet, a planet for life experimentation. And they say every 10th planet is designated as a life experimentation lab where multiple star C DNAs are mixed. And to see, you know, how these multiple races will come together or not in unity and or separation. And so it's very fascinating in the Urantia book how they talk about this planet was seeded with six different races once it became inhabitable. And that would be in alignment with the chakras behind me, uh, which would be red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and indigo. And they say that the orange and green races didn't make it. They didn't survive. Some of those beings merged with other races, but the races that did survive were the red root race or the indigenous beings, the yellow race, which would be the Far Easterners, also the blue race, which would be the blue bloods of Europe, and the indigo race would be the African-American races. And so this next, the seventh race, the violet race, they say came in at the time of Adam and Eve as an upgrade. Wow. So obviously talking about race can get quite uh, emotional and, and head up, if you know what I mean. How, how does it sit with you that we got this, there's a thing called racist, racism that we want to avoid, but also you, you're coming up with a, a kind of a, a back history for why we might have so many different races on the, on the planet. Uh, do you find that kind of dangerous territory to talk about, or do you feel comfortable uh, explaining it in a, in a kind of macro way? Throughout my book, I emphasize we are one, <laughs> no matter what color, race, gender, it doesn't matter. We are one planetary family sharing this planet we call home uh -huh. and co-creating this consensus reality. 
And I think we're really coming into a time, I realize it's sort of a volatile time in ways. I think this period of our evolution, you know, is this civil unrest coming up as part of this time that we're moving through. Uh, but in many ways, I feel that, that most of the people on the planet don't even see color anymore. Yeah. Right. I remember having a client and she had a child and her little girl went to school and came home. I have a new best friend. And she said, oh, well, what color is she? And the little girl looked at her and said, I don't know. What does that mean? She's uh, my girl, my little friend. I, you know, like she wasn't seeing color. And, you know, I, I think that's unity. You know, um, it's opposite of the separation agenda. It, it's unity where it doesn't matter who, you know, what color, gender, what have you, it's, you're a human. And with the 10 steps then, kind of interesting, do you, do you have, um, people that are taking the 10 steps, the 10 essential steps, do you, have you experienced they get to a certain number when they get it, or do they got to go all the way to the end before it all sort of dawns? Are there little micro places where you get these little revelations? Certainly, right? It's a very individualized experience, of course, depending on what level you're at when you step onto this 10-day ascension path. And it is called a 10-day ascension path because there are 10 sections, but it doesn't mean you have to finish it in 10 days. Say, it yeah, is it's almost to be a lifetime. <laughs> or 10 lifetimes. <laughs> there you go. But I do try to make it, it's profound, but yet it's simple. And that's why I have many uh, illustrations, over 400 illustrations, right? It's like um, of graphics and uh, photos, and it's a color, uh, light and sound experience with, you know, these forms of sacred geometry uh, drawn out. And I inspire the adventurer to draw these uh, forms of sacred geometry themselves and move through the metaphysical aspect of this journey in a very interactive way because these symbols are activating. So actually just not just the words on the page and this is a subject which um, which I love and I do help teach other people. I've always been a great believer that you've got the black and white of the words on the page and you might have the images but also there's the, the the imagery is as activating as the text. So you could just scan through the book without consciously understanding it and get some level of the ascension path as well. Definitely. Yes, I knew I wanted to have full color illustrations on glossy paper. So that version's available on my website. <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon, it's black and white. But yes, I really wanted the full color experience to offer to people because especially when we talk about chakras and such, I want people to be able to move through that journey in a colorful way because it's very symbolic. But also, as a part of my book, as you know, we go to sacred sites around the world. Mm -hmm. And of course, we go to Egypt and we go to the Mayan temples. And it's very significant because what I'm trying to inspire is a journey back into these times when we were a temple building civilization. Because if you're on the ascension path, it's likely you've had a lifetime in Egypt and in the you know Mayan temples. And so offering that imagery, 
I feel can catapult the adventure back into that time when they were a priest astronomer or an Egyptian priestess or priest, and, <laughs> right? And so it's very important to have that imagery. So I mentioned before that, you know, obviously to, to write a book like this about the Ascension path, you must be on the the one side of the bifurcation that you mentioned that in, in a kind of ascended state. Because well, when we think of ascension, we think about maybe uh, Christ after he came back after death and then he ascended to the to the Godhead again and maybe ascended off planet. This is an ascension when you still are physically on the uh, on planet with your feet stuck on the floor effectively. Definitely. And when I'm asked to define ascension, I simply start with an ascension of spirit, really just an awakening of your spiritual self and living from a more ascended perspective of being, a higher way of living and being in the world. Just being the highest version of your best self is an example of a ascension and so it can be very metaphysical and it can be you know quite complex as you leap through the astral plane and emerge in the fifth dimensional consciousness but it can also be quite simple in the here and now just being the highest version of your best self so could you give us some examples then of what happens like say in a in a in a typical day for an ascended person as opposed to a, a pre a, a not, i won't say non-ascended i'll say pre-ascended right uh, for a, an ascended person what's a typical day span out like you know since i really progressed on the ascension path myself i feel as if i'm walking on cloud nine every day every moment of every day is magical mystical beautiful wonderful fluorescent colors and sparkling light and I think when you dedicate yourself to the spiritual path and you, you know, make a point every day to shine your brightest light, that the bright light is shown back on you and you start to create a reality that does vibrate at a higher frequency. And I know for myself, I wake up in my beautiful sacred sanctuary and I'm surrounded by my crystals inside the house and outside I have a waterfall and a koi pond. And I mean, I spend my day offering people spiritual journeys in the sacred vortex sites of Sedona. And I have to pinch myself and think, wow, I mean, this is my job. You know, 25 years ago, I was locked in an office in a corporate you know, building that made me feel like I was in jail. And now 25 years later, I'm sitting in a sacred vortex site guiding someone through a spiritual journey. Like, how did I manifest this in my life? And it's dedication to the spiritual path. I believe you can manifest miracles in your life and create your dream reality. So Sedona is a place on uh, planet earth as in as is uh mount uh, shasta i've not been to either i'd love to come over at some point when all these things allow us to do can you create micro versions of those vortices in the place that you happen to be located on the planet you know i believe we are a vortex <laughs> i remember one day i was with one of my friends and we're looking for the vortex right where's the portal and it just dawned on me suddenly, we're the portal. 
You know, we are a light portal. And so no matter where you are on planet Earth, you can spiral into the heart of Mother Earth. You can spiral upward into the heart of Source because you are a rainbow bridge. You are a tube of light that connects you to all that is beneath you and all that is above you. So even though we're here in this, you know, sacred vortex site of Sedona, and certainly there are measurable spiraling vortexes throughout Sedona, which naturally create a higher vibrational frequency. And within that, you're raised to a higher frequency. So it's very conducive to spiritual experiences. Uh, but, you know, no matter where you are on the planet, you can create that higher vibrational vortex around you. <laughs> and and if, if you become that, if you become, become the creator of that vortex, or actually just accepting that you are uh, the vortex yourself, is that nicely vibe, nicely infectious? Does it kind of spread to people around you? Do they get kind of sucked into this uh, energy flow? That's a really good description, right? Do they get sucked into your spiraling vortex? <laughs> I do believe that it depends on the person's willingness to have an open heart and an open mind, you know, where they're at on their journey. Uh, but I certainly move through my reality every day with my, you know, uh, heart open and I'm always engaging with everyone and everything around me. I never walk through my reality looking down at my phone because I don't want to miss the moments that I am in and the people who are crossing my path synchronistically. I don't want to miss out on any opportunities to engage with others in the moment that I'm in. And so I'm hoping to spread the love and the light as I move through my reality every day. When I, I first um, got connected with you through the wonderful Sarah Sagalat, uh, she mm -hmm. sent me some of your information as well as the book, which I, I read through. And there was one little factor in there that really, really caught my attention. And I wonder whether I could just explore that with you personally now. Yeah, I've, please. I've written two books um, uh, that this podcast is based on, the Soul Waves books. And in them I um, talk about the 12 Counselors of the Light. And what I've done is I've written their story. So I've written it from their perspective. So rather than writing about them from below looking above, I said, what's it? I just imagine what it'd be like to be a counselor like working down the other way. And that's kind of the story's written from two, two angles from, from the above and from the below. But uh, it says that you present a picture of the one great self expressing 12 aspects of its personality as the 12 architects and how we, the eternal children, also project these 12 aspects into the 12 dimensions of time and space. And I went, wow, I've got to talk to that woman because this is exactly what I've been writing about. And here you are. And it's, is it almost like when, when you kind of tune into this stuff, do you also attract people that are operating and thinking about these same concepts? Most certainly. There's no doubt about it. Look, I found myself here in the spiritual Mecca of Sedona, Arizona, and the spiritual community here is so very like-minded. And over coffee, we're talking about multidimensionality and igniting dormant DNA and our starseed origins. <laughs> it's wonderful to attract like-minded people like yourself, Tom. 
Wow. wow. So what is the, so we've got the numerology of 10, which is say we're one of these decimal planets. Where does the 12 come in? And you also talk about the 24 in the book as well, don't you? I'm quite fascinated. And obviously we, 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 some of these things get absorbed into our systems, like the 12 hour clock, the 24 hour clock and, and all this sort of stuff. But these numbers have got a slightly different, they've got other connotations and contexts to them. How does the 24, the 12 and the 10 all sit together? And so uh, the 12, let's just start there. Mm -hmm. So this is inspired by the Urantia book, but resonates throughout many spiritual belief systems for millennia that there is a beginningless and endless infinite sea of pure consciousness, which we might call the one great self. And within this infinite sea, the self awoke and upon awakening reflected upon itself and created a mirror image. And in that recognition, a brilliant light was ignited and the father and the son and the spirit came into being as the divine Trinity in infinity but realized they couldn't create in infinity. And so they created a perfect reflection of themselves, which would be an inverted triangle, which pierced mm -hmm. a hole into a realm called eternity, because in order to create, you have to have a beginning to start creating. And so as such, they became the creative trinity, creating an eternity in four directions. And so these three, this trinity, creating in each of the four directions, became 12. So you have the trinity in each of the four directions, creating with the four elements. And so you see, that gives us 12 again and again and again, right? And the divine trinity is within each of the four elements, each of the four directions, and it becomes really the 12 personalities or 12 expressions of the one great self. And we could say the 12 archetypes, which reflect are reflected here in the zodiac wheel, mm -hmm. right? The zodiac wheel talks about you know, three aspects of being in each of the four elements, these 12 signs. And so you have the one great self expressing as the 12 archetypes, which then split into male and female, giving us the original 24 elders. Got you. So really, it's no accident that people like me spontaneously tune into them and start writing about them, uh, because we're made of them we, we are we are them embodied absolutely wow yes and so inspired by the way that the one great self is expressing itself and as 12 aspects of self or 12 personalities the eternal children that are created in this eternal realm are inspired to do the same thing to express themselves as their 12 personalities and project these holographic fractals of themselves into multiple time and space dimensions. We're both fans of theosophy, a big fan of Madame Blavatsky and Alice Bailey. And in theosophy, it suggests that we project 12 aspects of our personality into each of 12 dimensions so that we actually have 144 soul extensions, which is called our monad. 
Wow. Wow. There's so much we could talk about. We could talk for hours about this, this stuff really, but let's, let's just keep it slightly grounded because of uh, the people might be listening to this podcast. We don't want them floating off as they're driving around in their, in their, in their cars. So coming back to the, I want to come back to the 10 again. So thank you for that lovely uh, exposition of the 12 and the 24. And uh, that explains a lot. And I'm much greater grateful for that. 10 steps. Okay, and at the end of 10 steps, and, and as you say, it's, it says 10 days, but it could be 10, 10 months, 10, 10 years, 10 lifetimes, and what have you. What is reading your book, Create on Planet Earth, that is kind of your legacy that you're leaving behind? Creator consciousness is really the overriding theme of the book and why I wanted to explore how creation came into being and to offer explanations through quantum physics about the energetic realm, how atoms, electrons, protons, neutrons behave, how the creation came into being through the five platonic solids to create the elements, because you see, we are aspects of the one infinite creator, and as such, we are creator beings. We are more well-equipped to create if we understand more about creation. How to work with the elements, understanding the platonic solids, with the tetrahedron being fire and the icosahedron being water and the hexahedron being earth and so on. Because once we know more about the elements, once we know more about the energetic nature of reality, the more that we can create within it. Wonderful. Because I, my, my personal feeling is that we went through this separation and we, we kind of lost our connection with, with above. And that's made us very, very inventive on the earth plane. So we've had, you know, we had that industrial revolution. Then we had a, a kind of steam revolution and then a, a, a scientific revolution largely in the materialistic science uh, framework which has been great because we're having this conversation over zoom at the moment that's largely come from that technological innovation do you think there's a potential then over the next few centuries to embrace this other technology because in my books always i've got uh, levitating tetrahedron spacecraft and stuff like that i thought well why not you know this is why i said to you before we started the podcast i've gone down the fictional route so i don't have to have the science to be too 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 uh, too too explained or or real and these are i always like to think that the people that did science fiction in the 60s like gene roddenberry uh, are the people that's the reason we got communicators now do you think then there's a whole new scientific revolution that comes from embracing these technological possibilities i do i believe that once we overcome greed and power and control that we can tap into free energy technology and that that will be a major breakthrough for planet earth and once we can tap into free energy, the possibilities are endless, like levitating tetrahedral craft, <laughs> right? And it strikes me that this technology has been on planet Earth before and obviously is in existence at other places around the cosmos. So it wouldn't be the first time this has happened. The fact that in the same way that, you know, you and I might tune into these numbers, we're tuning in. Our imagination is to is tuning as much into past memories as it is into future memories. Absolutely. 
And so, you know, there's been many beings on the planet who have discovered free energy technology. Um, unfortunately, they seem to disappear into thin air. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully at some point, maybe when we're able to manifest a fifth dimensional realm, then we can allow our galactic brothers and sisters to descend and show us, you know, just how we can live in a world uh, that isn't controlled by money and profit and greed. And in doing so, we can learn how to use free energy technologies to create, you know, endless new ways of teleporting through the universe, right? what's the mechanism do you feel that we can shift into this alternative way of being and doing love being on the spiritual path really inspires you to move breathe and live in love and uh to just have this most sincere desire for your brothers and sisters to also experience that pure unconditional love, allowing the divine love of source to flow through you and to open your heart to all of your brothers and sisters on the planet in empathy, in unity, uh, where there is no separation. Um, and everyone is working together as one towards the you know, highest good for all. And so I think, you know, simply love is the key to shifting into that way of living and being where we sincerely love each other and recognize the oneness of who we are as one planetary family. And with Mother Earth being our mother and Father Sky being our father and certainly engaging in spiritual practices can bring you into that place, moving through books like mine. Um, there are many books about ascension, but I certainly believe the ascension path um, can lead one into this place of experiencing pure, unconditional love for self and others. Well, and on your website, uh, uh, like mine, I noticed that you've got as many free resources as you've got uh, chargeable resources, because when we're in this transition, we've still got to pay bills and we still have uh, to put food on the plate and that sort of stuff. What's the best way, if people, want, if people want to love to get to know more about you, what, what's the best place to, uh, to go and, and, and take those first steps, Suzanne? Thank you for asking, Tom. So my website is SuzanneRossWellness.com. That's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-R-O-S-S Wellness.com. And on there, you can find everything that I do. So I do sessions and I have audio downloads of meditations, initiations, activations. Also, I do offer spiritual journeys out here in Sedona, Arizona, if you can come here. Um, but of course, I also so do sessions online remotely uh, over Zoom or Skype. And um, of course, my books are available on my website as well. Wonderful, wonderful. So that strikes me, we've, we've kept this, we've gone some deep places in this conversation, some wide places as well. But I, I know uh, from having read your book, uh, there's a lot of knowledge that we could, uh, we can get, we can dive deeper into all of this stuff. So, um, so Suzanne, um, let's, uh, let's make this the first of many conversations. And uh, let's come back and talk um, at some point, let's talk some meta science, let's go a bit techie, because my background is, as you probably know, is, is an engineer who then latterly got into 
of this stuff similar journey to yourself when i thought what you know what's that old world like and there must be another world out there so let's uh let's make this the first of many conversations it's been delightful to get to know you and uh and to to sample some of your your great uh wisdom and work Oh, thank you so very much, Tom. I would love to make this the first in a series of talking about our favorite subjects. <laughs> thank you so very much. You're very kind. <laughs>